Dad Pod. Welcome this is a video thing as well. You have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. All right, you're very welcome along to uh, the first episode in our um, grand adventure where we talk shit about parenting. Uh, Dave McIntyre, Adrian Barry and Nathan Murphy are here. I want to start really by uh, wailing on Adrian Barry mostly because um, he's kind of the inspiration for a lot of this where myself and Nathan and Dave were parents first. We were, you know, getting on with our well lives. Well done, lads. I'll do what I <laughs> the back. Progressing and, you know, we got there... Um, and uh, Adrian, we would talk about the things that you're supposed to talk about when you have other people in similar situations. It's called friendship, right? But uh, Adrian would kind of go, ah, Stop talking about your fucking kids! <laughs> in, a, in a hardcore double action. I don't know about your kids! Fucking about your kids! And uh, then he got pregnant. Then he got pregnant. And it all changed. How, how, what, what about this? How, where, where do you get buggies? And uh, or shut do, up about it now. Do you get a, a full car system? And then there was a, obviously the, the in-law questions, which I'm not sure we're going to talk about, but, um, you know. Not he, today. <laughs> he, he had a lot of queries about what it was actually like to be a dad, and now here he is on a podcast about parenting. <laughs> oh, how the worm has turned. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. I so, mean, I'd actually really love to challenge the idea that any of that is not true, yeah. but by and large, that's you don't really have a leg stand sexual, up. unfortunately. But, yeah. uh, so but that was kind of what happened is that we give you such good advice that you turn and say, Lad, you, should, you should bring this to a greater Audience. Actually, it kind of struck me that, uh, no, not necessarily that, uh, not at all that, in fact, but like that there's such an amount of resources out there from a mother's point of view, like there's so many websites and different stuff, and there are little bits of information that you can tap into, but like you're right, ultimately you end up having a whole bunch of conversations with uh, ill-informed people. people. Yeah. Well, exactly, so Us. it's like the kids in the playground, you're, you know, when you're 12 or 13, learning about the birds and the bees, hey, more six or seven these thing? days, but yeah. Whatever, but they're you know, not ill-informed, they're like, you're speaking to people at the coalface. You know, experience is the best way to put yourself in position to deliver this kind of sage advice. I know, yeah, but it's all like anecdotal. Anyway, it was it, it was exactly that thing of uh, we're talking about the. the I'm not offering team. any advice on this show. I am definitely not offering any advice. I'm just going to give out about my kids the whole time. That's my that's my state that's of just the, usual, the usual conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, that's how it works, right? But uh, but they all they, fake names so that we'll never know which one is I'm, which. I'm just going to call them Kid A, Kid B. Kid <laughs> a, kid the one, a, the one thing I've figured out is that when you're having when you're having conversations about your kids. So with other parents or whatever, it's like, you know, you sort of, there is that element of, oh, like, it's really tough. And I was up last night and the kid is sick and whatever, whatever it is about the kid. And they always end with, I mean, but they're great. And, you know, I love them yeah. and all. And that's just tacked on for uh, social media. Everybody knows it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> my my favourite pre-parenting stories that um, uh, before we ever had children or, or close to having children was like being in the company of a ma who was talking about drowning her child in such venom and we were like Jesus Christ oh my god that's terrible and the other one was uh, a guy a friend of mine who had the misfortune to have twins I've never been able to meet anybody who has twins subsequently and knock on oh Jesus I'm really sorry for your trouble <laughs> it's like a natural my face drops but um, we were outside the pub he was a bit pissed and he went never have children <laughs> never or put it off for as long as possible. Uh. Like, what are you talking about? Your kids are like, they're only one. It can't be that hard. Angels. The twins thing is very interesting because I used to um, give the insincere, tokenistic, congratulatory word 
when a guy or a woman said to me, yeah, we're pregnant, we're expecting, we've been told we're having twins, I used to be like, oh, amazing, get them both done at the same time, you can yeah. move on and they'll have each other to play with. The last person who told me they were about to have twins, it was it was going to be child number two and three. Oh, and God. immediately I just said, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make an effort. I, know. I didn't even, like, lie. Yeah. But <laughs> is, 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 there not, is there not an element of it that, is actually accurate about having twins and like because ultimately you're going to be having a child so like it's not either way an insignificant thing like ultimately if it's child number two for example it's actually it's going to be difficult anyway and is there not a thing of like well actually we'll just if you're starting at zero get two of them done and it's child number one and two boy and a girl you're happy out but you don't have a clue what you're doing it's like yeah you do have a point if they're if the twins are your first two children well then, you know, let's get on with it. We probably wanted to have two anyway, maybe, mm. and we can we can move on then. Whereas if the twins are child children number two and three, or three and four, or four and five, then you're really it's scared. a real fear. So we are expecting our first <laughs> child in a couple of months' time. Hey, uh, so we had two boys. Yeah. So there was a lot of will we find out? Will we not find out? And we went in for the the big scan, and there's the automatic apprehension of you want to make sure everything's all right. Mm. You're doubly apprehensive. There's twins in my wife's family. Oh. All I'm thinking is, if this is twins... Twin boys. I'm out of here. <laughs> twin boys? That's <laughs> four boys. Oh, my God. There's a Nathan Murphy-sized hole in the wall of the... There was uh, widespread joy and jubilation when it was one. We, uh, we... Because uh, we're also expecting in a few months, probably a bit further down the track than you are. Uh, less down the track than you are. There's a fecundity in the air of this podcast. Is. I don't know what that means. I, didn't, I don't think I knew about yours. I don't really. I'm not really one of these sort of... So you know the way some people get the news and they're like, oh, hey, uh, <laughs> He's not one for really. walking around getting his cock out and going, hey, look what I've done. <laughs> well, it turns out we were pregnant, so... Uh, <laughs> so that's not, that's not exactly stage. true. Well, when uh, we started, when we were talking about doing this part <laughs> in the first place, I thought, well, it's really apt that at least one of us is actually expecting. Yeah. But it's uh, 50% it's true, of yeah, the crew are expecting. Congratulations. This is breaking news. Us, Dave. No, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> It's the one thing I've never been more sure about in my entire life. Oh, really? That'll be another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if but I have to go celibate for the rest of my days, <laughs> if, if, that, if that is the requirement, um, well, it's something I'm very there's, willing there's to consider. It's a laptop anecdote that we really should. <laughs> well, that has not been told before. <laughs> but anyway, so the point was that we... Um, I don't know. Our, 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 look, there's an aspect of this conversation where we need to be a little bit giving, and in that regard... The, who knows where the line is, right? So let's just go for it, ultimately. I suspect but, the line will be in a different place for the four of us. Um, for each but, of the four of us. So my wife is probably a bit bigger this time than she was uh, first time around, to the point where one of her colleagues recently said to her, oh my God, that's great. Are you expecting twins? Like, seriously, <laughs> said to her. Is that acceptable? Not, no. no. She, 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 she hey, kind of laughs it off, but I think... But you're acknowledging that she's, she's pregnant. You haven't accused her of being overweight. I don't know why you jump in, asking though. someone why why out they're pregnant in? when they're not. No, Why would not. you jump in and... Was this a what? male or female? Male. What? Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Yeah. But anyway, t- prior to that, she what was actually she was actually so big, she was convinced she was having twins. And so the 20-week scam that we had the first time around, we went in, like, I, I'm sure I rushed out of work, went over to the thing, went in, clicked my heels in the door and went, oh, this is just the usual stuff. And then suddenly sat this down and on baby one. Yeah. Right. And then realised, oh, shit, this is actually the real deal. This is the one where they sort of ground and scan the kidneys and the heart and ten fingers and ten toes and whatever else is going on. Um, so, yeah, we were kind of going in thinking... She had me convinced that we were having twins. 
Uh, and I was definitely of the mindset of, actually, listen, if it's two, knock them out, job done, as you say, sort of <laughs> remain celibate. Even though it would have been ch- children n- numbers two and three. Well, like, it's, we're, we're going into a war zone either way. You're not really... You don't think? I've I've heard the full gamut of actually one to two is not that bad. Yeah. Mm. And I've heard the complete opposite one to two is you think you got a bad now. Well, I don't know. Uh, But you're only saying that from the perspective of somebody who's gone from one to two and two to three. Yeah. But when you went from one to two. It was actually, it was grand. And it it's only grand now that no, you no, have gone through no. both experiences. No, it, well, the only reason we went for number three was because one to two was so easy. It was like the number two came out and slept <laughs> oh, from geez. nine at night to nine in the morning. How long are these recordings going and to we exist? Like, the uh, only reason we had you was <laughs> Well, so quickly. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and so they're, they're Irish twins, basically, and uh, completely lulled us into a false sense of security because you're used to all the stuff. There's nothing new about number two that you didn't go through. You're much better. You realise that, like... Uh, sleep patterns are important you realise that okay there's got to be rest and also you've got reasonably good at parenting you're not terrified the way you were mm. the first not reasonably good you've got acceptable no one's going to come and take your baby away from you right because uh, they could have at any point during the first six months of the first one you would have been like yeah, okay it's fair enough <laughs> not really good at this like, I understand why you've done that that's fair uh, but by number two number two to three is like a bomb going off again the same bomb that went off the first hear. time my perspective was one to two is like you're standing in the weeks before the birth on the edge of a cliff and then the baby pops out and someone just gives you the nudge (laughs) and you're fucked. And we are in a very similar... Now, we always wanted a second because we didn't want uh, Dylan to be on his toddler. What's the age difference? Just explain. Uh, Nearly two and a half years. So, like, we had our routines back. Everyone was getting eight, nine hours, kip a night. You know, we had our lives. It was all good. It was all very easy. One of the main reasons we said, should we go again? It's because having one was just so easy. And I wish... I know you're having your third. You're having your third. I wish someone had told me in the build-up to our first that now I know there's people out there that might have a sick child or there's any other other (laughs) circumstantial issues where it's tough. But, you know, we're very lucky health-wise and everything. Having one baby was just so easy. We couldn't believe it six weeks in how easy it was. He was a half-decent sleeper, but it was just the only show in town. We were having the time of our lives. It was amazing. No one told me that before we had our first kid. It was all about, oh, Jesus, you won't know yourself. You know, you lose all your independence. Mm. Your entire life gets turned upside down. You never get to go out. Everything has to be preordained and preorganized with military precision. Not once did someone say, oh, you just wait. Don't worry about it. You're going to have the time of your life. No one ever said that. It sounds like you're, you haven't had the most typical experience, though. I was going to say. What? <laughs> I'm waiting for the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, with Dylan, there was no butt. Like, did you find that amazing. When, when child one arrived, I found, like, that instant that the child arrives, like, your life has, is cha- has now changed. And I it's never going there back six weeks later thinking, this is, this is the crack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm just giving you my perspective. And what was easy about it? So he it was, was just because it's nice. only one kid and your wife is on maternity leave and like someone gets a lie on every second morning. I found I was given the gift of time because I was up at six uh, every morning. I got the chance to finally start watching all the highlight shows I should have been watching. Sunday game, match of the day, highlight shows of goals across Europe, the stuff that I was really struggling to find. And he would just, Dylan would just be on a cushion there in front of the fire on the floor. Uh, he's six weeks old. He can't go anywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, I was given the gift of time. Yeah, I definitely got to watch a lot more uh, Monday morning, Tuesday morning NFL yeah. highlights than I would have when the first, when kid A was born. Um, but 
uh, uh, we I think in 10 years' time, Kid A is going to know that he or she was the, your firstborn. No, that's too, I'm not quite sure you're using a code <laughs> that's unbreakable there. We have two girls and a boy. We have two girls and a boy, six, three, and Yeah, two. we're talking about the arrival of the first. Yeah, totally. And it's fine. No, but, um, she's going to be happy with everything I say about her. Um, the, it's, it's, the other, <laughs> it's the other two. It's kids that are going to have real issues. I mean... <laughs> I mean, Cut. That's, Start that's, again. The, that's the case. He's going to be a bit pissed off at some point. Ah, what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, like, our birth experience was pretty horrific for the first one. And so we kind of had nothing to judge it against. So felt like... And then after two and three come out, you're like, hang on a second. That first one, that shouldn't be like that at all. Right. Uh, Ours, our first was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. But, like, a week later, you're over it. We were we weren't over for months and months. All oh, right, okay. It was like a eight nine month issue. Okay, well that that definitely uh, that fucked things up. Yeah, and it definitely makes your thinking very different. Yeah, so no, that's where our that. was would have come from. So, if, but if you guys have none after that, so any prospective first timers out there, you could have a Dave McIntyre uh, experience. Like, oh, I, do, look do at you. you. I'd say so. We'd we'd done all this hypnobirthing stuff in advance we'd um, this woman came over to our house and she to be fair it was actually like when we speak about the sort of schoolyard conversations about what happens there it was brilliant you could ask her anything like and there's so many questions to be asked the closer and closer you get to it about stuff and did she in retrospect did she was she accurate did she tell you stuff that was true because our yeah. we did the pre-birth course and it was full of lies ah yeah it but the pre-birth course is like a box no. ticker right no, we, we, we would go over every week for like 10 or 12 weeks so it was like a, and right. there was guys the, there profusely taking notes A4 oh, page after A4 which, page which they were referring to in the middle and of I'm the just looking at them going like do you really think you're going to use any of this stuff yeah. like as you say you know when the baby's screaming for a third consecutive hour you go hang on I'm pretty sure this was mentioned in the antenatal classes I'm just going to pull out the A4 pad that I took over the course of the 12 weeks there's definitely something in here about it absolute bullshit you just you know live on the edge and do whatever you can the weeks in advance of the dates you're kind of reading back for some kind of stuff because like you you, it's a discombobulating you're you're also eager right as a first time parent you're eager as hell you know uh, do you know too much I'd say yes yeah, Are you scared yes. of living daylights out of yourself? I <laughs> think it's better to be scared and then happy afterwards, right? As opposed to... Well, the good, the good, thing, the good thing, sorry, the good thing about the hypnobirth experience was that... So we talked through her, we sort with her, we like uh, scripted out this birthing plan. Here's how we'd like things to go. And we gave that to everybody, like we gave it to the security guy on the way in. Here, dude, have a copy of our birthing plan. We were like people outside the hospital at 6am. Hey, how long was it? <clears throat> I was like... 10 or 12 bullet points it wasn't particularly complex but it was actually more for us to sort of get our like heads three lines here. three lines yeah. yeah how many how many of the 12 bullet points were hit so, upon but, so actually the, course the, the, the whole uh, point process. was that actually with the hypnobirthing experience it was like here's how we want things to go but actually if they don't go that way that's absolutely fine okay. mm. and that was that was the thing because it didn't go according to plan we'd been up we went in on a Sunday morning uh, and my wife's water's broken the Saturday night Sunday morning we went in Sunday morning they said right there's been no advancement here at all go home come back in 24 hours we did that there was still no advancement we were there for another 12 hours there was still no advancement <clears throat> so at that point the consultant came in and said listen we're going to have a C-section so and we hadn't planned for that and that wasn't a part of our, our birthing plan but actually at that point it was like do you know what absolutely fine we're 100% behind that let's go and do it <coughs> um, so it was worthwhile from that point of view and then there was the when the child was born when by C-section and um, I think it was a 
So it would have been a Tuesday, Tuesday night. And That's a long weekend. Yeah, it was a long weekend, yeah. And needless to say, I wasn't really consuming very much of what was going on in off the ball at the time. But the consultant is a big off the ball fan. And uh, as he as he's sort of removing uh, Con from his mother and he was like doing all sorts of somersaults and stuff, he's starting up a conversation about what happened in off the ball. <laughs> the night and he goes... Uh, so I'm sitting there, and so you know, you've got all your, your gear, the gear on you, the blue stuff. You're all sort of whatever you have, and um, he goes, uh, "God, I say, Kevin Kilbane could take out a, a lawsuit against Off the Ball." I'm like, "What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What happened?" Uh, yeah, I got that conversation they were having last night. I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't hear any of that. You know this thing that's happening right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, Full yeah, concentration? Yeah. As my son is being born, he's talking about Kevin Gaban. It was like, it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the bizarre. statute of limitations applies to that, Kev, if you're listening. Is that, is, is that not a bit awkward as well when your wife is lying there being operated on? She was used to it because every time we met him in the previous nine months for a consultation, we were having conversations about off the ball. So she was like, ah, just another consultation. Uh, she's easy going enough. I think maybe if she, if she wasn't, you, you may be right. It might be an issue, but... We got through it. It did sort of mar my entire, like, you know, the greatest moment of your life, right? Like when your first child is born. <laughs> this guy is talking about Kilban. I'm like... But you see, you know. that's a fallacy as well. You hear, you know, footballers who maybe have just scored the winner in a Champions League final and are like, yeah, I have to say, you know, outside of my wedding day and, of course, the birth of my son, <laughs> this was the greatest moment of my life. That's utter crap. Yeah, nobody believes that. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? The the day, the, my, the day my firstborn was, <laughs> was born, it was a, one of the worst days of my life. It was horrendous from start to finish. What? Well, for as you have been describing, for start, nothing went as we thought it would. It was a 36, 48 hour hellish event. There was induction involved, so there was none, very little was done naturally. All the hopes and dreams you have of how it might go, none of that happened. And you're watching your wife in agony for so long. That's not fun. Mm. And then it's the fact that the longer it goes on, you're thinking, Jesus, I know we've had nine months to get ready for this. I am actually not ready for this. Mm. And then he's born. And I was hoping, like, you know, as you were, you, you could tell it's about to happen. We could be 10, 15 minutes away from showtime here. You're hoping, in my own mind, I'm thinking, don't worry, like, when, when he's out, you'll go, oh, this, this is just this so beautiful. Moment. This is the greatest moment of my life. An hour or two hours after he's out, I'm still in the corner going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the surgeon's coming over going, Here, listen, can you get home? <laughs> so I'm like, like, what have I done? <laughs> Too late. I'm not ready for this. In what regard, like? It's just, what it's like, it's just how I can't look after myself. And there he is, he's actually here now. Like, I'm yeah. so screwed. Eventually, I drifted off to sleep in the chair because we're all exhausted at that stage. And I remember what the nurse oh, you had a long, you had a long, you had a long, you had a It's tough on me. The nurse wakes up and says, look, you're literally no use to us. Go home, get a couple of hours, Kip. So I was driving home and I'm thinking to myself, I'll sleep for three or four hours. And when I wake up, you know, and all the memories come back as to what's happened, I'll be like, oh, I can't wait to go back in here. Like, I'm going to feel like I want to be a dad. No, woke up three or four hours later, still like had sick tummy, still felt like my world was ending. And it wasn't until that night, at about eight o'clock that night, he was born at three in the morning, eight o'clock that night, I actually was able to eat a proper meal. And my stomach was no longer. I love how that's the most important thing in this conversation. <laughs> just, it would give you an insight as to how I felt physically. I was yeah. nauseous. But the, 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 the event happened. was the event, not like. I, so I totally accept what you're saying. I don't think people. I'm certainly not referring to that when I talk about it being the greatest day of my life. But I think that, like, the arrival of the child is. It's a hugely a significant amazing, landmark moment amazing. in your life. But not like. But like, it's not fun. 
and the build-up wasn't fun. And for no, me, mentally, the, the aftermath wasn't fun. The arrival of the child. I know, I appreciate it's a different experience for everybody, actually. And one of the things that pisses me off is the expectation around when the child mm. is born about your reaction to it. And yeah. you're, you're, you're... No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not at all. I'm just teasing that's what, If I'm that's what you felt, because I, I would very much go along with Dave. My overwhelming feeling was just relief that everything was okay. Nobody and I dead. also was waiting for this. The baby arrives, you're handed the child for the, the first elation time. of it. And that something is inside you is going to feel der- very different than anything you've ever felt before. But it was just... Thank Christ, everything is okay. Mm. Because everyone goes through 12, 24, 36 hours of stress, 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 sitting there, wondering, is your wife going to get an epidural? Wondering what the hell that is. Suddenly this giant needle comes that they're sticking into her back at four o'clock in the morning. You haven't slept for 24 hours. You back Mark Wilson in the golf and you have to leave the house <laughs> Which is one of my main memories of our first job. Because I was texting you. I was, we weren't even working together. But... That night, both of us had backed Mark Wilson oh, in a PGA golf tournament. It was the humana, to the humana challenger was in. And we lived quite close. We lived quite close to the hospital, uh, much, much like you. So we'd been in and they said, go home and wait for the contractions to start coming a bit closer and come back in when they're, whatever, 30 seconds. And I'm there timing us. And I'm like, it's probably still 45, I think. <laughs> 17th, McIntyre texted, we're going to win a part. Yeah, yeah, we better go, we better go, we better go. But after that, it turned into a very stressful night. But I, I, was, I, was, I, I was very similar. I was waiting for this, constantly waiting for probably days afterwards for a moment that I don't yeah. think ever fully came of. It was just relief into getting on with it. It was probably a gradual thing, mm. a gradual feeling. So the moment it never actually arrived, you were, you, you were just there a few days later. Whereas, yeah, I was waiting for that moment where I felt, where it felt right. Well, you always wanted to be dad. Here it is. Like, why are you not? Why are you not feeling a bit different? Because okay, is it a microcosm of postnatal depression? Like, I'm some women deal with it in a really difficult way. But this is ours is like such small scale, or mine is such small scale in comparison. But I wonder, but is it a tiny later, element of that? Six weeks later, you were like, "Woo! This is the most amazing, easy thing in the world." I long, no, long before that. But it wasn't. A, there was never a moment. Whereas when the second lad was born. The whole thing happened in 45 minutes to the point where we were in serious trouble when, when the waters broke on the uh, floor of the waiting room in the hospital. Oh, no. <coughs> so uh, we're, And then someone rushes that down. That suddenly get, moves you up the queue a bit, though, at least. <laughs> a little bit. Someone rushes down and goes, oh, yeah, you're actually going to have a baby in 10 minutes. 11 minutes later, there he is. Oh, wow. So, and that was just like... That I there was a, when he, when he popped out, I was like, this is amazing. Wow. And so I'm amazed that you haven't had a third on the basis that the second was so easy. No, having the actual birthing process of the second was easy. Actually, having him as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> the arrival was easy. Everything else has been hell. <laughs> like having two kids isn't easy. It's amazing. Jesus, not easy. But isn't it? Like, isn't it? I definitely have made to like the full spectrum of reactions to so so the one thing that was actually pissed me off before we had the child was the constant conversations with people who would tell you about oh when the child arrived I just burst into tears I was so emotional I had this instant connection and actually it creates almost a bit of pressure on the dad to be yeah. sort of you, you've got to have that connection straight away and if you don't have it well like what does that mean for you like maybe that taps into a bit of what you're saying but, but there's a full spectrum isn't I'd it? read um, somewhere I don't know I can't remember one of the pieces that you read you read Sometimes you read too much, uh, yeah, it's not you that do, you know do, too much, because yeah. they're not facts, that's opinion, right? Yeah. I don't think you can know too many facts. I would definitely have preferred to know a few more facts about potential pitfalls and what to do if stuff was happening and what your role is if 
stuff that isn't supposed to be happening is, isn't happening. Get out it's, of the room. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's actually to be the advocate for your wife who might be yeah, like, drugged off her tits to the point where it's like she's not really fully capable of... That's where... That's the only positive mm-hmm. role, I think. But anyway, that's uh, for other people to decide. But I definitely read somewhere, somebody said it took them ages to kind of have that sense of um, paternal bonding with kids. And I felt that for, like, I would say 12 to 14 months, where it's like, I'm, I understand that this is somebody I'm responsible for and obviously really love, but, like, it's only when they kind of start needing you and realising oh, I kind of like you that you can fully I found that you could fully kind of engage with them I don't mean, that might say a little bit about me as a human no being. but I but no what it does is it says that actually every experience is different that was what that's the point I'm getting at that the thing that annoyed me was like this expectation as a dad how you you're expected to have that immediate connection now I actually did feel a bit of it with uh, Carl when he arrived it was actually quite an emotional moment for me at the time. But, like, that was just my experience. I don't go around to people going, hey, like, when your kid is born, this is what's got to happen. It's like everybody's is just totally different. And I'd, I'd, maybe I'd actually thought about that so much that I'd sort of come full circle on it because I was thinking I'd almost removed the... Because I'd heard about this thing so often about having this immediate connection with the kid, I'd say, oh, well, look, screw that. Like, whatever happens, happens. Maybe I'd sort of overthought it and kind of come full circle on it. But uh, You can't yeah. forget that for the first six weeks... I mean, it goes back to what you've been saying, Jared. Like, you really are in irrelevance. Mm. You can help your wife in ways that you can try and maybe a bit more conscientious about how you treat her or look after the gaff or whatever it needs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the whole her whole life is consumed by keeping this thing alive. Maybe be a bit more conscientious <laughs> about cleaning the gaff. <laughs> like, like, one day a week. I mean, what? The child is still laughing three hours a day, Dave. One day a week. But you've no, you've no role. Like, if, if, if the child is being breastfed, what, what do you do? So, and it's six weeks it takes for most kids to smile at you for yeah. the first time to maybe make any kind of proper eye contact where you can actually see oh well the kid has actually seen me for the first time mm. whereas for the rest of the time the child is like attached to your wife so you do kind of feel like the third member of uh, a party that no one really wants you at <laughs> at times because you have so little to do apart from just trying to yeah. be there when required almost like the birthing process be there if and when required but probably you're, you're not required. You're in irrelevance in that room right there, possibly getting in the way. What stage are you guys at in terms of, like, how soon? Don't give us dates because we don't know when this actual show is going to go out, so... 33 weeks, I think, Ooh. at this stage. <clears throat> Anytime so, oh, listening, on, listening to like, Dave say 45 minutes makes me wonder if going to Carnoustie for a week in three weeks' time <laughs> is the best <laughs> possible thing I should be doing. <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to think maybe maybe I should reconsider. Well, it was uh, it was we were late. We were like five, four or five days late. But when when he did decide he wanted to uh, make an appearance, we were um, we were almost in big trouble because we because uh, obviously suddenly it is your second. You need someone to look after the first kid. So my parents were we would we got we had some pains earlier in the day. So my parents were on standby, <clears throat> and that was about three o'clock in the afternoon. And then the pains kind of went nine o'clock. Nicky was like, I think this might be for real. So I rang my dad and said, I'd get ready, uh, pack a bag as you're going to stay in our house, etc. And then we rang them at 11 and said, game on. They didn't arrive till about quarter to 12 and the baby was born at one. Woof. We were really <laughs> got it fine. There was, a, there was definitely a couple of minutes in the car on the way in where we thought, there's no tight chance within five minutes we oh. may have to pull over. Right. Wow. So, uh, but the upshot of it is that it's all done and dusted so quickly. We were home 
He was born about a minute to one or something like that. We were home at five past twelve that day. Wow. So what, 11, 10 and a half hours later? Sent home from the hospital to yeah. save you. Yeah, yeah we shit. had that second time yeah. as well. Right. Amazing. Once everybody's been checked out, 100% healthy, and you know what you're doing. This time, because it's not your yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, my wife was like, I'm taking my full three days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we were public, so there was no full three days to be had. Right. No, well, certainly we... So first time, we did the full three days, and then where we live, we were part of this domino scheme yeah, where so they treat we, you yeah. at home. And part of that is that you're checked out within six hours, and most definitely this time my wife was, we're going back, I'm staying the full three days. Yeah. I have a six-year-old and a five-year-old at home because That's our right, yeah. second was born in May, and I just remember it was really nice weather, everyone was out. She, was, she arrived home at midday, and there was the neighbours were in. Oh, no. Knocking by two o'clock, and <laughs> no. there was, it was, there was a lot there. of people. There was, yeah. a, there was definite, probably because even down to the weather being nice, there was a pressure of, mm. I should just get out and get up and about. And she just wanted to be locked away. Yeah. Mm. So this time it's 100% stay in hospital for as long the, as possible. The quickness does also help you to avoid the uh, all hell room in sorry, the hospital that we were in where you, it's like the holding pattern of, nobody's that sure what's happening, it's <coughs> before uh, ward 12, I think it's called something like that, beforehand, uh, when there's something happening, and then you run into this, like you're on the holding pattern. Oh, yeah. And it's, like we were in the holding pattern for a long time. Two days, and basically. No, well, it was about 24 hours, but it was, it was, uh, like the hypnobirth woman had said to us, listen, be a bit economical with the truth about stuff when you're talking to the hospital, because it'll buy you a bit more time. And actually, ultimately, it doesn't matter if your waters are broken, as long as you're not doing anything too sort of strenuous, you'll be fine. Like, it's, you'll be absolutely fine. Try and buy yourself as much time as you possibly can. Cause they, yeah, because they'll want to bring you in right. and just get you in and get you out and good luck to you. Um, but yeah, no, we ended up in the uh, fires of all hell for about 24 hours. It was, it was, it was tough because you've got like women of all different stages around you and there's all sorts of stuff going on. Up and down the corridor moaning and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other side of that, if you, if you stay out too long, we... Um, we stayed out a little bit too long the first time. Um, went in around noon and baby's born at like half nine or so. Um, but she'd obviously been in labour for like quite a long time before that. Uh, water's broken the taxi on the way in. Right. Um, you know, There's a taxi driver. Charge. Charge. I think we might have legged it out before. <laughs> <laughs> he did not ask any questions. Yeah. Um, but when we got there, they were like, ooh, ooh, not sure we're going to be able to do the epidural. At which point it was like, I think you're going to have to do the epidural because otherwise it isn't going to happen. Otherwise, <laughs> like, uh, so you know, don't dice with the death if you're if you're not. You're obviously oh, no, look, probably absolutely. not with the hypnobirth. Maybe you weren't even going that direction. But I know. Look at again, like like we I, were. I, you you may have already said this, but if not, like, do not take uh, our utterances as a guide to <laughs> how to behave. Do consult asterisks. Do consult your uh, your cons- your consultant. Uh, so we'll work through some of the um, stages of the the respective test cases that we have from two of the uh, people in the room in future editions of this, and we'll also obviously deal with uh, some of the good parts about being a da. And uh, it's great, and we love our children. Were any of those? How long have we been talking? Were, has there been a single positive <laughs> aspect of being a dad mentioned in the last twenty odd minutes? I um, we put that in the intro. We think our children are great. <laughs> Ignore everything we say for the next hour. The voice of a guy to do that. The other day, um, I had this kind of weird... The World Cup was on, I had this weird flashback to uh, um, being in Germany in 2006. Um, I was in a camper van, travelling around. It was very hot. It was a bit sticky. 
we ended up going to one of the cities, I can't even remember what it was, it might have been Leipzig, and um, going on the sesh, and it was a good sesh, it lasted about 36 hours, and I checked myself into a hotel room to, to like actually have one of those kind of horrible fevered sleeps where you know, you're like, thank fuck I'm in a bedroom as opposed to in the camper van. And uh, I had this flashback to it the other day when I was sitting down, the World Cup was on, and I kind of passed out from the fatigue. But uh, in the middle of it, <laughs> my kids came into the room and one of them just rubbed my face and kissed me. I was like, oh, this is amazing. That's yeah. the best part about having a kid is that like when you're strung out from like just tiredness now, it turns out... 12 years later, it's only tiredness that leaves you that strung out. Somebody comes in, it's rubbed your face, and you go, oh, I love you, Daddy. But did they turn around and punch one of your other kids? <laughs> I didn't care. For a good 10 minutes, I was like, that's fine. That's, all, that's the moment I'm taking. They can work that you shit You have a lot of credit there, yeah. <laughs> all right, first episode's in the books. Thanks very much for uh, downloading. Make sure you share, rate, and like this podcast wherever it is that you consume your podcasts. Uh, thanks very much for being part of our show. We'll, we'll open a mailbag where we will answer some of your queries slash steal your stories and pass it off as uh, content that we've solicited from the crowd for nothing. Thanks very much for being with us.